Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Gun and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunandgeeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, Warner Brothers and HBO change 2021 for movie releases. Can Discovery Plus make its way in the streaming waters? And is it time to be saved by the bell once again? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can, Facebook Gaming Stars, perhaps, to support our show the Pop Culture Cosmos, Lakers Fast Break, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, or anything that Marcus does at Castle FPV, or Josh does on all the great things that he's doing at Topicocalypse and the Super BS Gamescast, it is truly appreciated. But it wouldn't be another PCC multiverse without my good friend. He is the man behind at Castle FPV on Twitter and Instagram. You got to check out what he's doing today there and also the great things that he's doing with Pop Culture Cosmos. He is the star, or at least one of them, of the Indie Pods United convention because of his appearance on Sunday. It is Marcus St. Lagarza. And Marcus, you didn't think I was going to forget about you in, in the backstage right there, did you? A little bit. I was waving just in case you I didn't gotta see me there. I got to go through my intro, man, and my intro. Yeah, I, I do want to say, you know, for those that are listening here, I was an idiot and I refreshed my page while we were getting ready to launch here. Oops. And I, yeah, I, I ended up sitting backstage for, you know, 30 seconds there. But yeah. I'm and here. And I'm he's happy waving to, be here. to me. And he's waving yeah. to me. But yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm back. I'm excited to be here. Thank you to the Pop Culture Cosmos family for having me back again this week. And dude, I got to say, we had a great show on Sunday. You've got time. Go back and listen to it, folks. It's, uh, it's technically our Monday show. So give it a shot. Listen to it. We had a lot of fun. We did have a lot of fun. Unfortunately, Josh could not make that particular show, but I believe he's going to be back for Monday's Pop Culture Cosmos once again, so it'll be good to have him back on there. But yes, if you want to check out our performance, per se, that is available now on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel, available wherever you get your podcasts. We had a great time at Indie Pods United. I also got a chance to go ahead and teach not one but two panels I went and hosted. 
That was Podcasting for Beginners and Tips and Tricks for Podcasters. There were some great panelists there. I want to thank everybody for taking their time for being part of that panel. And I also had a chance today to host the IndiePods United Awards. It was a great time to go ahead and announce the top 25 independent podcasts for 2020. So it was a great time. I want to thank Tina Marie Trimpert and Jeff and Sean and Cami and Nigel and Everybody that was a part of it. Johnny was great on, on the show. We got a lot of people that are going to hopefully be coming down the road as guests on our show that I'm going to reach out after the convention is concerned. So it was awesome. And if you get a chance, you can check out all the stuff in archives, either on YouTube at IndiePods United or at IndiePodsUnited.com. But we got a great show that's lined up for you today. We're going to be talking a lot of great things. Did want to let you know that on the back half of the hour, our guest this week is none other than Lucas Egan of the Las Vegas Review Journal. He is coming back to go ahead and talk about what's going on with the situation between the PlayStation 5, the Xbox Series, and all the stuff that went on for the video game scene during the course of Black Friday. So we're going to break down that here in a little bit on the back end of the show. Plus, we're going to be talking about Immortal Phoenix Rising. Is that a true Zelda Breath of the Wild inspired game. Super Nintendo World. They're going to open up in Japan in February. Still in the middle of a pandemic. Why? We're going to speculate on that coming up at the back end of the show. Plus AEW, All Elite Wrestling, had a big show on cable television, TNT, last night with a couple big moments, we should say. So we'll talk about that coming up here in a little bit. And Discovery Plus. Hmm. Hmm. Queeby finally dies officially. It died officially on December the 1st, but lo and behold, Discovery Plus. One lives, one dies. So we'll talk about Discovery Plus and the chances it has in the streaming waters because it is very much a shark infested. And the Save by the Bell reboot on Peacock. A lot of people are talking about this. So we're going to ask to see if this is going to be a big boost for Peacock as well. But my friend, the big story this week, it dropped actually today as we're recording this. That is Warner Brothers and HBO Max. They're obviously very much bedfellows because they're with all within the same confines of the same parent company, I should say. But I wanted to ask you this, my friend. When it comes to HBO Max and WB, they made the announcement for 2021. A lot of its major releases will be day and date release not only to theaters but on demand on hbo max and this blew me away because they're basically saying that we have zero confidence in the theater industry the box office industry gaining any semblance of any form any type of strength even with a vaccine even with people hopefully being able to overcome this virus they're gambling on the fact that it's going to be another down year for the box office. So I want to hear your thoughts on this, my friend. HBO Max, all these great films, and I'm going to list some right now. Matrix 4, Dune, The Suicide Squad, The Sopranos prequel, The Many Saints of Newark, and In the Heights. That's Lin-Manuel Miranda's music adaptation yep. of In the mm -hmm. Heights. I mean, it's right there listed for in a great article that was done by Variety. So I want to hear your thoughts, man. This could really be a game changer for the movie industry. It really can. And if you take a look at what uh, some of the larger theaters in the country have done, you know, specifically Regal, Regal's closed all of their theaters around the country. I want to say that AMC still has close to a quarter of their theaters open around the country right now. 
It might be more, actually. I, I don't know the actual number right now. Just kind of going off of what I remember seeing last week or two weeks ago. But yeah, this is going to totally change the movie industry moving forward. This day and date stuff, you and I have been talking about it for a few weeks. We really pushed it on Tenet. It, it was one of those things that I think that if Christopher Nolan would have agreed to that, Tenet would have had a bigger reception, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It kind of flopped in the reception category. You know, we kind of discussed it. I went and saw it in IMAX in Orlando. My wife and I were the only two people in that theater. It was amazing. But I know that's bad for the movie industry. Yes. So we're doing some irreparable damage here to the movie industry, specifically when it comes to movie theaters. So I'm really, really, really shocked right now that we've kind of agreed to day and date moving forward. And that's going to be a big thing. And I think that what they're doing is they're leaving it up for 30 days, if I'm not mistaken, as far as the parameters are concerned for each of these movies. That's going to be a day and date release for HBO Max and box office. So again, it just tells me that they have zero confidence, absolute zero confidence in the box office industry right now. I do not blame them. But again, this is a major game changer. And the reason why I say that is in order to follow suit because people will be jumping all over HBO Max if they're going to be coming out with all these heavyweight movies, day and date new releases and everybody's going to be saying you know what i'm going to stay home and i'm going to watch all these big movies the matrix 4 that's one that's coming out that a lot of people are really dying yeah. for we're excited for dune and there's even more the suicide squad that's even another one that people are yeah. talking about that's going to be coming day and date so what this is going to do this might just basically force the hand of netflix and most importantly, Disney Plus, with all the Marvel stuff that they've got right now sitting on the shelf that's already done, starting with Black Widow, this yep. could really force their hand. And you could be seeing the same thing with Disney falling in, in the same sort of line where it could be day and date release on Disney Plus as well. Yeah, and I, I do want to bring something up real quick. You know, AMC and Cinemark have recently renegotiated their deals with Universal to shorten the studio releases theatrical window. It sounds like the timeline is going to be 17 days. You'll have 17 days of physical release in the theaters before they go to digital on demand. So, I mean, if that's the case and these studios are starting to renegotiate with the actual theaters themselves, it's obvious. Nobody has confidence in theaters moving back in 2021. You know, it's going to be towards the end of the year and a successful vaccine before we see people really, really, really start to return to the theaters. I, I think it's going to be more. I think 2022, you'll start really? to see. Yeah, I mean, 2021, people will still be very wary. You're still talking about a lot of people out there that are afraid to go to back to the theaters because they don't know what's going to happen. So you may see not a huge bump up in the movie industry until 2022 at the earliest. That's maybe late 2021. People will feel a little bit more confident, but I'm still thinking 2022 just to be on the safe side. You know, I, I, you know, I don't want to get lost in the weeds of the COVID vaccine stuff. You know, from just talking to my my mother, who's a healthcare profession, a professional, she's a nurse practitioner. Sounds like Alabama, and that's where she practices, is going to be getting about forty thousand doses next month, and then that's only twenty thousand people, right? Because it takes two doses. Mm-hmm. If you're going to work at that timeline, it, you're right. We, we better start relying on twenty twenty two. But I, I do want to say that I'm hoping that, you know, as things keep progressing with this vaccine, we ramp up production, we keep moving through things. I'm hoping by Thanksgiving 2021, we're back in theaters. You know, there's a lot of people that have traditions of going to the movie theaters on either Black Friday or Saturday after Thanksgiving to get in there with their family and watch something that's debuted for the Christmas season. So, you know, for me, 
if we really, 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 really want to get back to normal, we really need to start pushing towards everybody kind of being a little bit more compliant. And that kind of thing is going to lead us back to the theaters and back to the entertainment that we want. And that's something that's going to make us all a lot happier. That's for sure. And that's the thing, though, as Josh has said, and Josh, I'm going to give him big props on this. He had said that because of what's happening now and decisions like the ones that's being made by Warner Brothers, although he didn't comment directly on this because but this is something yeah. that he talked about months ago when we started seeing the possibility that could happen. He wanted this to happen. He thought this would be great for the movie industry as far as video on demand is concerned. And even when we go back to somewhat of a normal society again and people are going back to theaters, this could be a way of life as far as a much more of a demand at home to see things at home. The box office industry could be irreparably damaged or could be something that you will not see a full benefits of for, for years. I mean, Avengers Endgame, let's just throw that out there. It's the yeah. all-time winningest movie, all-time highest grossing movie ever. That could stay for a long, long time, possibly forever, because of the fact that COVID has changed the way we wanted to view our movies. I think we got five or 10 years before we even even get close to touching that standard ever again. And that means you've got to develop an entire franchise that's willing to pull that many people back to the box office, right? Like we're in a, in a, in a very, very, very delicate place when it comes to box office and, and just theatrical releases, period. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next two to three years, realistically five to seven. That's when we're really going to see the effects of what happened this year on the movie theater industry. You know, one of the big things I did, I, I was able to go up and see my mom for Thanksgiving you know, on the drive up to Montgomery, Alabama from Tampa, Florida, it's a long drive and you pass through a whole bunch of small towns. You know, one of the sad things I saw was we saw two movie theaters that had closed since pandemic started. You know, when we went up there in May, those theaters were still open. We just drove up there here in November. They're closed, man. And it's sad to see something like that because those are smaller communities that only have one movie theater, you know, and so they're really relying now on this video on demand situation. I think with AMC and Cinemark renegotiating their deals with Universal, you know, shortening the actual physical theatrical release of these movies, we're going to be in a better position for those smaller communities. But for those of us that live in, in larger cities, you know, and, and, and we get to the point where we feel safe going back to the theaters, it's not going to be the same at all. And I'm, I'm sad to see that. I'm sad to see it as well. I mean, the big movie events that we were part of, I will miss that. I don't know when I'm going to go back to the theaters again. I, I was thinking about Tenet, but I realized it's too heavy a risk for everyone involved if I bring home COVID with me. So it's just a sign of the times, my friend. And I think that Disney Plus, the message has been sent and Disney has been very reluctant to it. Obviously, they're going to bring out, if you haven't heard already, that they're going to bring out Soul on Christmas. But I think this is a sign hey. that they may have to go ahead and face the music if this is what they're going to do going forward as far as with the Warner Brothers and HBO Max. And we're going to see that right away with Wonder Woman 84 when that comes out day and date, not only to theaters, but also as well HBO Max. Although in Europe and the UK, I think they're talking about a different release plan going forward internationally. But I will say in the US, it's going day and date with HBO Max and the theaters. So if it's a big success, which I think it's going to be, and obviously it's the subscriptions, that's what it's all about. So if it's a yep. big success for HBO Max, I have a feeling Disney Plus will be starting to show off a great deal of their own titles day and date coming up in 2021 as well. 
Absolutely. It's it's the best way to do this, I think, in this time frame in this industry. I just look forward to Disney Plus and kind of pushing us through this moving forward and really driving us to further perspectives here, you know, that, that kind of thing. I'm looking forward to it as well. But again, the gauntlet has been thrown down by HBO Max. Will Netflix and, and most importantly, Disney Plus, with its lineup of movies they keep pushing back, will they answer the call and go day and date, release date, with theaters and also the streaming service involved. So we want to hear your thoughts on this. I'm excited for it because now a lot of people now can go ahead and see these films in a more recent, more current time frame, and not have to wait for these movies to be pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. But how excited does this get you for HBO Max? We want to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? You've heard others, but nothing could prepare you for the shameful stupidity that is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Here, Imran. So if you offend everyone at once, it all it's a wash. I've covered everybody. Anthony. Sorry, I was texting. Say that again. And Rug Boy. Yeah, whenever there's a snowstorm, my slack hole tightens up. As they talk over one another. Just exactly uh, the same as, Je- as Tim. Terminator. We're talking over each other. It's fine. Sorry. Swear and ask you for money. Just give us the money. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. It can't be silly, goofy fun. Uh, Jock and Nerd. My friend, before we hit the half hour break, we're going to go ahead and do a little bit of run on some stuff. First thing is Discovery Plus. Discovery Plus, my friend, that was announced almost on the day and date that Queeby was finally, rest in peace on that one, but Discovery Plus is coming out in early January, just after New Year, I think January 4th to be exact. So I want to hear your thoughts on this, my friend. Discovery Plus, $4.99 with ads, $6.99 without ads each and every month. Is the lineup of shows, and I know there's going to be some exclusive content coming to there, plus you'll get all the home improvement and the buying and fixer-upper shows that you can shake a stick at, plus also Animal Planet, I think, is related in that mix as well, if I'm not mistaken. So I want to hear your thoughts on Discovery Plus, also the Food Network. So, of course, all the Discovery-owned channels. So are you interested in Discovery Plus? I am very interested, and it's one of those things they de- debuted already in the UK. I just don't know about the price tag. What about you? I mean, it's not much more than Disney Plus by itself. Although I, I mean, if you're talking about the package that that's set out there, I mean, HBO Max is a little bit on the high end. If you want to go the triumvirate of Hulu, ESPN, and Disney Plus, that's about twelve ninety nine a month. That's okay. That's pretty good with for what you're getting as far as a lot of content there. Disney Plus, it's right around that price range. I would choose Disney Plus over it, but you are getting the networks of Food Network, HGTV, TLC, Discovery Channel, Oprah's Channel, OWN, and I believe you're getting Animal Planet. So, I mean, those are some great channels, but the only thing is, is this going to be something that a lot of people are going to flock towards? Are you going to be able to see all those things that you go and see at a doctor's office or waiting for your car to be fixed, all those HGTV programs? Those are going to be available as far as the catalog and all the great stuff that's there and all the Shark Week and all that stuff like that. Is it enough to allure you there? Are you just feeling like, man, this is just really just a, a slight extension of the cable networks I already watch? The latter there. For me, it's just a slight extension, and we're probably getting ready to offload our YouTube TV. You know, we use it for a couple things, and it's honestly, it's it's either going to be YouTube TV or Hulu that's going to be getting the boot. And I think Hulu's 
the safer the two options for me right now. I don't think Discovery Plus is, and I'm, I, you know what, I'm going to call it right now. I'm going to be wrong, but I just don't think it's going to go over very well. You know, it's it's great to have all those shows. I know those are filler shows for a lot of people. They run in the background while they do things, you know, around the house, that kind of thing. Chip and Joanna Gaines have really built a successful empire. Oh yeah, you know they've they've uh, they've they've kind of I don't want to say they've fallen off Discovery, but I mean they're not doing Fixer Upper anymore. You know, they, and she's got her own. They got their own, own thing going on too. Yeah, right? yeah, they, they they've got their own thing going, and so it's interesting to see where we're going to push this. I think that you know this content could have been placed elsewhere, but we'll, we'll see, man. It's 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 really interesting to see that Discovery Plus is getting into the game. I think it's too late though. I, I would have had that on a lot sooner. I think you're right. I mean, they've got a great selection of networks behind it and obviously an absolute ton of content there. But the thing is, they rerun a lot of their stuff already on their own cable network because they don't have consistently a great 24 hours of shows. Because So it, it, that's the problem right there You know, when it comes to it. So how much have you already not seen that you're going to see there? It's, so it's all about exclusive content. But then if you're going to get exclusive content to that network. What about the networks that are on now on cable? So you're just taking away from one from the other. So I'm not sure if that's the best interest going forward because it sounds like you're splitting all these shows up. I was going to say, you're splitting hairs here. Yeah, at this you're point. splitting yeah. hairs because it's just, you're thinning everything out with all these networks that are on cable. They're fighting for viewers away from the streaming network. And now yep. they want to go ahead and join them in one big conglomerate but for every new show that's going to appear on the streaming network, that's going to be one show taken away from the cable network. So you're you're shooting yourself in the foot is basically what you're doing. But are you future proofing yourself, right? And you know, yeah, we're true. all moving yeah, we're all moving toward, towards a more streaming mindset. So if you can start future proofing yourself now, is it worth it to go ahead and take that hit over the next one or two years knowing that, you know, all your content's going to be online moving forward? This could mean the death of one of those networks or more than one of those networks maybe uh, I'm down the more road. than one yeah more than one so we'll <laughs> see what happens but it is discovery plus coming january 4th the price plans are as follows 4.99 a month for ad supported and 6.99 a month for basically what you're going to be doing is getting it without ads so are you interested in checking out discovery plus again it's going to be hgtv food network tlc the discovery network oprah's network the own Animal Planet and Discovery. So we want to hear your thoughts on this. If it's going to be the answer for you, and well, you know, with Food Network, you never know, and a lot of other great things that are there. So if you want to go ahead and check it out, it will be coming on January fourth of twenty twenty one. That is Discovery Plus. We want to hear your thoughts. If Discovery Plus will be something you want to discover, we want to hear your thoughts. Pop Culture Cosmos at yahoo.com. Well, before we hit the half-hour break, my friend, I want to go ahead and talk real quick about AEW. All Elite Wrestling had its Winter is Coming show last Ooh. night on AEW Dynamite. And a lot of it was pay-per-view level. It was a very good presentation. This is something they obviously put time in. They wanted to send a message with this show because I believe this is a really last big show of the year and I wanted to ask you this. There were two events in particular, and the first is obviously paying the money to go ahead and get Sting, former mm. huge world championship wrestling superstar. And then he was with WWE for the past few years in a Legends role, per se, but his Legends contract ran out last month, stuff taken off the WWE store. 
and you knew that winter would be coming for Sting on AEW. Yeah, man, this is a big play to me. And, you know, we briefly discussed this before we got on air tonight. This is probably a bad idea personally for Sting. You know, I'm a huge fan of his. I don't know. Uh, it depends my... on the paycheck if you got a multi-year contract, which was announced. So Yeah, I mean, just how much money can you take before you realize that you're just going to keep damaging your body to a point where you can't even enjoy that money, right? And that's what I worry about for him. He's setting up the he's kids. Gonna... He's setting up the grandkids, setting up the grand-grandkids, setting up the grand-grand-grandkids, you know. What, what I'm seeing you do it just without even doing this is just this right here, just the money symbol, you know, the Johnny Manziel mon money symbol. And it's, exactly. I get it. I understand why he's doing it. I hope he's not broke and that's why he's doing it. But I was very excited to see him last night. I became a kid again, man. Uh, my first wrestling show was a WCW match in San Antonio, Texas. And I, I remember going and, and telling my parents, God, I just want the sting to drop from the rafters. And luckily enough, it happened and, and it totally changed my perspective on wrestling. And so uh, just to see him last night, it made me like a kid in the candy store again. Well, I also want to give a big shout out to Ryan John Tabasco, who had a, a, actually probably a very late for him. It was actually even kind of late for me. He gives me this DM because he was so excited. Sends me yeah. this DM about how excited he was for Sting. It's a little older, got the gray hair now, didn't actually dye it black. That's okay. Uh, he's still... Uh, Looking doesn't the, need it, man. Uh, doesn't need it. Doesn't. <laughs> it still gave everybody the death stares. But he was so excited about seeing everything that was going on with Sting. But I want to talk about something else's, you know, because that's going to be major. Mm -hmm. I thought that should have been saved for next week, maybe hinted at, but maybe saved for next week because it took away from the main event, which was for the first time this year an actual world title change for the AEW World Title because John Moxley had held it for the entire year. And he lost his title in a pretty good match with Kenny Omega. And Kenny Omega, at the very end, it was a uh, finish that included Don Callis from Impact Wrestling, which it looks to see like right now they have a working arrangement and a working agreement, which yep. to me was kind of strange because of the fact that Impact is now seen by such a small audience on Access TV. I guess it's really going to help them more than it will AEW. AEW is just going to see some fresh faces and more talent coming in. That Maybe that's why they're doing it. But I want to hear your thoughts on this world title change and how it will affect not only AEW but Impact Wrestling. And with Kenny Omega now holding a title not only for AAA in Lucha Libre, but who's going to, I think he's going to be defending it next week in Triple Mania, which is their huge show in Mexico. So he's going yeah. to be defending that title there. He's got a lot on his plate right now. I'm I'm glad he won it because I know there's a lot of big fans for him, but the way that it happened and now this alliance between AEW and Impact Wrestling, I don't know. I, I don't know how it's going to benefit both companies. That's, that's what I'm still trying to figure out. I'm sure it'll affect Impact in a positive manner, but I'm not sure how it works for AEW. Is this just the two underdogs taking down the, the Goliath here? Is that what's well, what, what, what I mean, we're really had, at? this plan, I mean, those ideas have been trying to happen before. Yeah, I've hit that point, Gerald, where it's it, looking at it, it's you've got to do something different with marketing at the end of the day, right? And yeah. this just felt like a different play for marketing. And I was really excited to see what was kind of happening here. That was a great match, man. I, I've only watched the highlights of it. I really enjoyed what I've seen so far. It was outstanding to me. It was a Kenny really Omega, good match. Uh, yeah, it was a good match, man. It's it was a good match up until the end. The things I I saw at the end where it kind of just got a little overbilled, a little overplayed. They had to do the finish where it wasn't a clean finish at all. It was 
uh, a microphone that was thrown in there, uh, tossed in there, or dropped in there. You right, can say right. what you want, yeah. but yeah, and then that's basically what happened. That was utilized a foreign, the infamous international foreign object. But yes, the foreign object was thrown in there, and it was used, and basically it led to the finish. But I, I'm just saying for AEW, I guess it's just getting some type of fresh blood, which is going to be okay, I guess. But they still have got a lot, a lot of new talent that they need to put over, and then also the fact that you had Sting which was the other major announcement on that show as well. Sting's appearance kind of overshadowed this match, which I don't think you really wanted to go ahead and do. I think they should have saved one week for one and one week for the other. You know, as excited as I was to see Sting last night, I, I'm starting to really follow your train of thought here. You know, as far as Impact goes... or Because everyone was talking about Sting. They weren't talking yeah. about Kenny Omega. Yeah, yeah. I'm using Impact from like the actual definition of it, not the name of the, the wrestling company here. But, you know, the impact of Sting being there last night was definitely overshadowed the larger match here between Kenny Omega and Moxley. But I'm excited to see him back. I think to answer your question about how this is going to affect AEW and Impact moving forward, I really am of the mindset that, you know, by tag teaming WWE, they're going to do some some serious damage in the ratings. And, you know, we talked about the ratings for AEW two months ago now. Yeah. And it's, uh, I was, I was excited to see that, you know, they're trending in the right direction. They're, they're getting viewership. And I think their show and the production level of their show is why that's happening. Well, they're competing heavily on Wednesday nights with WWE's NXT. They've been winning most weeks, although last week they did lose out to NXT. And that, I'm sure that sent out a message to the folks at AEW that, you know what, you maybe want to go ahead and reassess your situation because can't be losing too many weeks to WWE NXT, but they're both garnering anywhere between seven and 900,000 viewers on any given week. So that's obviously a very good sign that they're somewhat healthy and that they've already got a nice big fat two or three year extended contract from TNT. So at least they're not worrying about looking behind their back each and every week. So, and they've got a nice a core audience. They've, they do have an audience that supports them very heavily and AEW, the fans there are very passionate, which is always good to see. But I, I again, the, this is something on AEW side. I'm not sure is going to benefit them equally, but it'll be good to see down the road exactly how this is going to be laid out with Kenny Omega going on the side of Impact Wrestling. In fact, he's going to go ahead and talk a little bit more about it on the first appearance he's going to be making is on Impact Wrestling with the AEW title. So they're taking stuff out of the page of what WWE and some other federations have tried to do in the past as far as an invasion angle is concerned. So we'll see how that goes, but we are intrigued and we want to hear your thoughts out there on AEW's Winter is Rising show and the latest on Sting's reemergence with All Elite Wrestling and also the title win for Kenny Omega and how that AEW Impact Wrestling Alliance is going to work out. So we want to hear your thoughts on that. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, coming up next, it is Lucas Egan from the Las Vegas Review Journal. He's going to be talking about what was going on over the holidays with the video game industry, some of the movers and shakers, and some of the things that he wanted to go ahead and talk about in regards to what's upcoming in the future in 2021 for the video game industry as well. This is the PCC Multiverse. Zero Cool Films presents Action Figure Adventure. Super collector Jay Bartlett hits the road once again in search of action figures, most iconic and noteworthy and rare figures, all in the name of creating the most ultimate action figure auction ever. He fronts the cash that charity benefits in the end. What will he get? How will he get it? And how well will he do? Find out in 2020. 
All right, and we're back with the show. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you so much for being a part of today's broadcast and checking us out wherever you get our show. But I wanted to go ahead and touch base with somebody. I promised him that I would get back with him <laughs> once the holidays were underway, so to speak, with Black Friday and Cyber Monday and Giving Tuesday. And you know what? We're going to go ahead and talk on wishful wednesday so to speak right here uh it is a good man indeed you got to check out what he's doing today at the las vegas review journal that's lvrj.com or also as well he's got one of the best video game podcasts out there land parties he's co-hosted that it is lucas egan lucas great to have you back on the show I know you've been busy, man. I know you got a lot. And at the end, I want you to go ahead and plug your latest guests because you have a big time roster of video game guests on your show always. So I appreciate you, you know, taking the time to speak to me today. Oh, I'm always happy to join you. Thank you for having me on. It's it's great to be back. Oh, it is great to be back and been busy doing a lot of things. I've been busy with the Indie Pods United. But I wanted to ask you this. During the holiday season, everybody was always running around and doing everything they can to go ahead and shop. And most of it is now online. I want to get your feedback on what you noticed as a reporter out there for the video game scene during Black Friday, Cyber Monday. What were your impressions on the video gaming scene during that period of time? I'll start by saying clearly it was a big success for both Xbox and PlayStation. You know, I think they both reported now that it's the biggest launches in each of their histories and in the case of PlayStation. So obviously they both have to be happy. But I think from a consumer standpoint, there was a lot of frustration. I mean, it was a lot of, it was really hard to get your hands on one of these if you didn't pre-order it months ago, right when the pre-orders went up. It's always tough. Stocks come in and within minutes they're gone. So you pretty much have to be by your computer on that site ready to go and hope that you click refresh fast enough. So, I mean, it's a mixed bag, I would say. And with bots buying up a lot of these consoles, eh, it just makes it harder, you know, because now you've got more competition. And I always tell people, please don't buy these consoles from scalpers. Don't do it. Don't encourage them. It's not worth it. It's okay to wait. It's okay to wait. If you can't get your hands on one, it's fine. Just just hold and keep trying. Well, that's what I said live on the air at IPU, the Indie Pods United, was that you can wait. It's okay. Because there's not a plethora of games on either console right now that's exclusive to those next-gen consoles. If you have a PlayStation 4, if you have an Xbox One, it's okay to wait right now because there's a lot of great stuff going on those consoles. Exactly, yeah. You know, it's funny because when a new generation launches, there's always that time period where they're still making games for both generations just because the install bases on the previous generation are so much bigger, at least to begin with. So you're right. You're 100% right. There's nothing. There's not that system seller for either console right now that would scream you have to upgrade. You know, I think Halo Infinite had it launched could have been that title. But since that got delayed, like I said, either side, you're okay waiting. If you still are on your Xbox One or PS4, you're going to be fine probably at least for the next year for the most part. Yeah, I agree with you on that. It's something that I know a lot of people are going to be checking out with a lot of stuff there. I wanted to ask you this because there is the high demand for PlayStation 5 and also Xbox Series X and S. I mean, 
the problem with the bots. It's hard for people to go out there and get their hands on one. And people have had to wait outside Best Buys and also GameStops leading into Black Friday for several days. But I wanted to ask you this. In Europe, they decided to go ahead and take action against one of those bot makers that was responsible for thousands of PS5s being purchased on their end. Is there anything being done here in the States at this point in time? At least locally here in Las Vegas, we haven't heard anything, but you'd hope that what they were able to do in Europe will be shared and they can use however they identify that it was bots with whatever algorithms they were looking to kind of identify abnormal purchasing like that could be available here. It would be so nice to see retailers take a stand against that because they're going to sell out of their stock. Like, let's just face it, however many they have to sell for this time period, they're going to sell it. So it's not like they're not selling them if they cut down on that. And they would get so much goodwill from people. You just hope that those algorithms are either being worked on or are about ready to be released. That would be ideal for sure. Absolutely. I'm hoping that will be the case and they're looking into that at finding ways around that. But then again, this has happened for the ticket industry, as we've noted several times on the show over the past two years. This has happened several times. I know Congress is looking into that. This is not going to be as looked into just because of the fact that how many times has a console generation come around? So, yeah, I mean, this could go or you could apply this to a lot of different consumer products in general that people are looking after. I made the joke the other day of trying to get a baby Yoda inflatable, but now you have to buy him instead of Walmart for under $30, you have to pay $100 or more on eBay. But uh, again, it's just any wanted consumer product. The average consumer is having less and less a chance to go ahead and get these products. And that to me, I think is, is very concerning to say the least. It is. And you know, if, if we go back to when they first opened pre-orders for both both consoles that was kind of a cluster yes. <laughs> bad communication companies putting pre-orders up sooner than what sony announced like that that whole situation was just bad so like this has been a problem pretty much since they started opening pre-orders yeah. for this console i you know with electronics with gaming systems i just can't stress enough to people i know how badly you want it i want them really badly trust me i'm in the same boat it's just I would just try not to get 2020 of all years. Don't get stressed out if you don't get one right away when you want it. There's plenty of time as we get further away from launch. I mean, to me, there's always that sweet spot that once games start being optimized for that next gen, once you start seeing exclusive titles, then that's a great time to jump in because you actually have those experiences to play that you can only find there. And then by that time, stocks are usually more stabilized and it's a lot easier to find them. So uh, take a deep breath. I know it's frustrating. Trust me, I was I was there. I had attempted to find some I'm trying, I'm trying. for it. And yeah, it's... It's ridiculous. (laughs) It is ridiculous. But again, it's something people have to be patient with. And and you'll be able to, with the right amount of patience, get one of those consoles at some point in 2021. I I think that's going to level off and be more available once that demand uh, weans off a little bit. But the supply will kick in even more. And that's what I'm looking at. But I wanted to ask you, speaking of supply and demand, some of the things that were very wanted over the holiday season. This past week was one of the largest, in fact, the largest shopping period of the year. And in a a year that retailers have, for the most part, struggled, 
it's something that's a needed refresh in a lot of cases. But I wanted to hear what was trending from the LVRJ. What are some of the things that you were working on and some of the things that were trending outside of just the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series debate? Yeah, so clearly on Sony's side, Miles Morales was a big seller. Quality follow-up. If you did get your hands on a PS5, that was a nice way to kind of break it in. But on a PS4, I mean, obviously the 2018 Spider-Man was a beloved game, lots of fans. Miles Morales kind of picked that up, ticked some boxes. I know some people are not as happy that it's shorter, but I'm okay with that. Being a gamer that doesn't always have all the time in the world to get lost in these giant games that can take (laughs) dozens of dozens of hours, if not 100 plus, I liked a nice, tight, focused game. Clearly, pre-orders for Cyberpunk are still going super well. Now that it's finally going to hit <laughs> hit stores here next week, finally, that game is, I mean, clearly that was a lot of people's most anticipated for the year from the beginning. Yeah. So that's obviously a, a huge launch there. And I also expect to see VR probably have a pretty good shopping period. For all the controversy that you saw for having a Facebook account, which a lot of that is valid on the Oculus Quest, that $299 price point is a is a big deal for a lot of people. Price has always been, I think, the biggest hurdle for VR. Yeah. And I think $299 is a nice price point to hit. I mean, PlayStation VR for the past couple of years of anything in VR, because VR has not exactly hit the way that it was promised, let's say two years ago, when... VR was mm-hmm. supposed to be the quote-unquote next big thing, and everybody was going to jump into it, and everybody was going to buy one. And then we realized that outside of the PlayStation VR, there was really nothing affordable. And then Oculus right. came in with their Oculus Quest 2, and like you said, reduced their price to 299 promoted it heavily this holiday period, and it looks like it's paid off. It's actually landed on certain department stores like Walmart, on their front page as far as big time sellers on their ads so you see the ramifications of that by some great sales there so i see more people getting into it the games a lot of the games are great on vr it's just the fact that i've always been an outspoken opponent of it and not because the fact i really just didn't like the technology or anything i just didn't think it was going to be approachable to a large audience to a vast audience and i thought price was one of the main barriers was the reason why yeah, and you know, in the past too, it's it's because not only did you have to buy the headset, most it wasn't communicated that you also either needed a PlayStation or a really good gaming PC. Yeah. So the, the actual cost of admission was way higher than just the cost of the headset. And you got to buy so, controllers and things of that nature, like the Move controllers, which were once clearance and bargain bin just before <laughs> PlayStation VR came back to life. Yeah, exactly. So so I hear you on that. Yeah, and I'll be interested to see because I have fun with VR. I just don't know that they've crossed that threshold game-wise. Clearly, Half-Life Alex earlier this year was a big moment for VR because that was a AAA, fully-fledged blockbuster game. But we just need more of that, If I think, if that's going to thrive. We need more experiences like that, but then you also have to balance that they still have to figure out in future generations the comfort thing. They're not there yet. It, you, your head still gets extremely hot if you have any extended play sessions. So, I don't know, VR's kind of a a confusing one to me. I see a lot of positives that we're hitting, but there's still a lot there that they need to overcome if they want to like reach the holy grail that they all told us it was going to be. 
it would be so nice if the creators behind Half-Life Alex and we know who you are, you know, they obviously run Steam, everything goes like that, but the Left 4 Dead series, they have obviously Half-Life series. Wouldn't it be nice if they took and applied that into a regular general game that would mm -hmm. go to a larger audience once again? Hey, extending the Half-Life series there, or maybe a new Left 4 Dead 3. What do you know? That might make some cash, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. And the irony of all the years of everybody waiting for a new Half-Life game, and then it's Half-Life Alex on VR, and still not really the Half-Life 3 that, <laughs> that we all dream about. <laughs> exactly. And that's, that's the funny part of it. It's just, I don't know. I, obviously, they're making a ton of cash with Steam, so they've never really had the need to go ahead and delve back full-time into game development. Well, I'll tell you what, it's always great to talk to you, my friend. But before we head on out, I know you've got, a, I don't want to say a laundry list, but you guys at LAN parties, both you and your co-host, just done a tremendous job of getting up some of the preeminent voice actors, voice talent, and emissaries, and also bigwigs of the video game industry for your show. Please, before we head on out, tell everybody why they should check out LAN parties. Well, first of all, thank you for that. We appreciate that. I like to say that we try and bring you interviews with some of gaming's biggest names and rising stars. Basically, Ryan and I just try and book people that we think are cool and have really unique stories to tell, and we just try and get the stories behind them. Who are some of the latest episodes with? Round yeah. off those names. Pop them so, off, man, because I okay. could do it, but it sounds better <laughs> coming from you. In November, we had Jennifer Hale on, which is FemShep, as I'm sure Mass Effect fans know. Our latest episode is we had Daisuke Tujian, who is the voice of Jin Sakai in Ghost of Tsushima. So those are two of our bigger names of our recent guests. And we have some really fun ones in store coming up here the rest of December. So you guys oh, won't want to miss it. A tease, a tease. Very <laughs> nice, very nice. But if you also want to hear Nolan North, Greg Miller of Kind of Funny, there's so many different video game personalities that are so well known out there that have stopped by your show. Please, you need to go ahead and check it out today. That is LAN Parties. Come on, you got to say it. L-A-N Parties, right there for you. LAN Parties, wherever you get your podcasts. This man right here spends a great deal of time trying to go ahead and promote that out there, to put that out to the world. And there's a lot of people that are checking out. So why don't you go ahead and be one of those individuals today? If you love the video game industry at all, you'll give LAN Parties a try. And I think you'll be glad you did. Thank you for that. Oh, no worries. I am. I am. Every time I check out every episode that when it drops each week. So I'm, I know I've not regretted my decision to go ahead and, and download your latest episodes each and every time out. You guys do a sensational job. And I wish you and Ryan continued success with your show, Lamb Parties. And my friend, I got to get you back on so we can talk more video games. I know you'll be looking forward to Cyberpunk 2077 next week. And is there any last thoughts for our listeners and viewers on the way out? Don't give in to the scalpers. Don't give in. You can wait. <laughs> well, I hope they can wait because, like I said, it's it's been a problem that hopefully will get alleviated with time. And people need to be patient out there. There will be more PlayStation 5s and Xbox Series on the way. I mean, Xbox Games Pass, if you have that already, you're already golden. you got a plethora of games right there on your Xbox One. And with PlayStation 5, well, if you're just buying Sony, 
there you go. There's a ton of stuff out there as well. In fact, it's doing sensational. A lot of people are going gaga over it. So if you just go ahead and get all the great stuff that's on the PlayStation 4, a lot of those games will be bumping up anyways to the PlayStation 5 once you get that eventually. So you know what? If you buy now on the PlayStation 4, it most likely will get an upgrade for the PlayStation 5 down the road as well. All right, my friend. Great having you aboard. And I tell you what, I wish you and yours, Ryan, and all your friends, and of course, your beloved one in your life. The best of holidays. I wish you well. I wish you peace, happiness, continued health, and success with LAMP parties. And of course, you got to come back with us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. And we're back to close out the show. This is the PC Multiverse. But before we head on out, my friend, I'm going to go ahead and touch on some things right now. Saved by the Bell. So were you thought of as a Zach? Or were you thought of more as somebody else in the cast of Saved by the Bell? Who did you uh, I, emulate? I, I know you watched it, man. I know you watched I, it. I definitely watched it. I, you know, I, I was a bounce between Slater and Zach. It's, okay. Yeah, I kind of thought I was suave at times, and, you know, I was definitely uh, the troublemaker. So but the play, the good kind of troublemaker. Okay. So, you know, it's, it's definitely one of those things that I'm excited to see it back. I don't know. Just some of the reviews I've read have been very, very, very critical of what's going on. Well, it was I never think... the, 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 you know, it was never Emmy award winning TV in the first place. Exactly. Thank you. You know, that, that's that's a big thing that my wife and I, uh, Jamie and I talked about was, uh, you know, this is a show that was aimed at, at, at high schoolers, right? Like, so why are we being as critical as we'd be for Breaking Bad or for Game of Thrones? You know, this, this is a show that's supposed to just make people smile and have a good time. So, you know, I was excited to see the reboot launch off and... I'm excited. Yeah, a lot of I'm people still are liking it. They're talking about it on social media. So a lot Dude, of people are they, digging they it. Gotten, they got in some heat this weekend, though, with that Selena Gomez uh, yeah. situation. Yeah, uh, I mean, and, and controversy uh, gets views, unfortunately. It does. And so for, you know, those that are listening that haven't seen, they made some jokes about Selena Gomez getting her kidney transplant back in 2017. And it was mostly in poor taste. Uh, you know, there, there was some some moments there. It was just like, oh. Why would you do that? They did uh, the, it in the 90s, my friend. This is the same show. They basically imported the same show from the 90s to today. This show that there essentially is the structure of it is similar to what you're seeing or what you saw in the 90s imported to today. A lot of people are taking issue with the way it's structured and the way it, it's being dealt with in today, like you said, with the controversy and all that. So it's kind of funny how this is being laid out in regards to this. So. I will be very keen to see how this show continues on Peacock, but I think it's been a winner. I think it's had a lot of eyes on it. I'm not saying I've, I think it's going to be a critical success because I think it's it's the same, uh, I guess, low standard of television that I think a lot of people were enjoying. It, it It's a guilty pleasure. Let's go it ahead. Is. That's a, yeah, dude, it's it's a guilty pleasure for most yeah. people, man. It, it's It's like watching Friends to me. You know, it's if you can get that one show that you can turn on and kind of watch over and, and over and over And turn off your brain again. while doing it. 
Yes, thank you. And that's not an endorsement for Friends because I actually don't like the show, period. But uh, that's a different topic. We can get in that, into that top no, discussion. I'm, a I'm, a, I'm with you, man, but don't make it a too loud because then the Friends army will get after us. So, you know, I want them to keep on listening. But, I mean, controversy is good for ratings, right? So uh, well, I, wish you know, it, the, the... I hope it is. I hope it is because we're creating some right now. <laughs> You know, the Friends Army, please let us know what you think about it. You know, it's it's fun to see that we're kind of getting back to this mindless television thing that's a little more wholesome, you know, not as wholesome when you're making fun of Selena Gomez's kidney transplant. But, you know, I'm I'm really looking forward to to see, you know, does this get the next season? Does it get um does it keep progressing? You know, I'm I'm really looking forward to how things shake out with the Save by the Bell reboot. But do you think it's going to be a big win for Peacock when all is said and done? Because I think it is. I think it is too. I think you're going to get the uh, the older generation and the younger uh, younger generation that are both going to be watching it. It's going to be one of those shows that you know it's it's mom, dad, and son and daughter are all sitting around watching this Say by the Bell reboot. You know, and you get those the the classic stories of man when I was your age. You know, Zach Morris and and you know, Kelly Slater were doing this and and that, and they were getting in, in trouble. Oh, look at Mac Morris. He's doing the same thing his father did at at 16. You know that kind of thing. So I'm I'm really looking forward to that, Gerald. I'm looking forward to it as well. I mean, not necessarily catching the show too much because I have seen uh, little bits and pieces here and there of the show. I'm curious to see the response to this show. And that's, that's to me so far has been, you're right, the controversy has been there, but a lot of people are still talking about it. A lot of people are still reminiscing about it. And a lot of people are still getting into it. And I have seen a couple positive reviews on it, slightly positive reviews on it. So, I mean, obviously it's, again, it's not Emmy award winning television by any stretch of the imagination, but it's not trying to be. It doesn't take itself seriously. And that's part of the fun of Saved by the Bell and this reboot. But I think it's going to be a big win for a streaming network that really needs it because Brave New World with Alden Ironreich, that bit the dust, that was already canceled. And that was something that was supposed to be a benchmark and a foundation right off the bat, and it wasn't. This could be, strangely enough, the most popular show ending up on network that's not a Friends that's not any of the big NBC-laden shows that they once had that, that people are going through their catalog. This could be one of their biggest original shows that they have on their slate. I agree with you. For those of us that are joining Peacock for Parks and Rec and, and The Office, this might be a huge win for the rest of us as well. Just diving back into that nostalgia, ooh, it's a sweet, sweet, sweet drug, man. Okay, well, there's no screech now. I know he wanted like a couple million dollars was the rumor or something like that I heard. Ooh, he wanted some big I money. I didn't hear about that. Yeah, yeah, he wanted some big money, so I guess he's not on the show for now. I'm assuming all the cast at some point in time will come back in like a guest appearance or whatnot. I don't think you can go ahead and continue the series without including the whole cast of characters at some point in time. But I'm interested to see how Saved by the Bell, this reunion will go. What are your thoughts out there? Do you want to get Saved by the Bell? on Peacock. Do you think that Peacock will now be saved by the bell? Share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. And I promise no more saved by the bell puns for the rest of the episode. Ooh. Can you really promise that though? I'll try. I'll do my best. (laughs) But before we head on out, my friend, I want to go ahead and touch on two things real quick. Immortal Phoenix Rising. There were still games that came out this week. In fact, you know, because this time of the year, there's usually like one release left or two releases left on the plate and they usually come in early december obviously next week with cyberpunk 2077 yep. that's going to be the big one but immortal phoenix rising it's a little bit under the radar but it comes out as an ode very much an ode from what i'm seeing of the one of the big hits of the early stages of nintendo switch 
And that is Zelda Breath of the Wild. So I want to hear your thoughts on Immortal Phoenix Rising. To me, it's got a fun story. It seems to be played a lot for laughs, but it's got a look and design and a feel that's very much a blatant ode to Breath of the Wild. It's a blatant ode, but I mean, the reviews I've read so far on it, it it doesn't have the linear progression like Breath of the Wild did. It doesn't have the difficulty as you progress through the game. And I think that's what's going to drive people away because at some point you just get repetitive, right? You know, you're going to end up in an Assassin's Creed 1 situation where you're just doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. And it's going to drive people away, you know, and, and unfortunately, I, it didn't drive me away for Assassin's Creed 1. And it probably won't drive me away here for Immortals Phoenix. It's going to be one of those things, man, you just have to get in there and start playing. It's beautiful. All the, the screenshots I've seen of it, it's exactly like what you'd hope Breath of the Wild would be. Uh, I, I hope it works out for Immortals Phoenix Rising. It, it's something that it does have kind of a quirky name, but I'm hoping people will at least give it a try. I think most people should consider it. It's a great, I don't want to call it a t- uh, time waster because it's definitely not that, but it's if you're on the plane or you're in the car on the, on the drive home for Christmas, you know, bust out your Switch, start playing. Let's, let's do it. What are your thoughts out there on Immortals Phoenix Rising? Please share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, before we head on out, my friend, I want to give a big thank you to Lucas Egan from the Las Vegas Review Journal and his show, which you need to catch today because it has a lot of major names from the video game industry, and that is Land Parties. So if you're interested in catching interviews with Nolan North, Jennifer Hale, Greg Miller from Kind of Funny, a lot of these big names, you want to go ahead and check it out today on Land Parties. They do a great job there. So before we head on out, my friend, it is Super Nintendo World. I know we talked about this before, Josh and I, sometime back when it was in the first developmental stages, per se. But Super Nintendo World is coming out in Japan. And I believe they've announced a February 2021 start date, if I'm not mistaken. So my question to you is, February 2021 is still kind of like in the middle of a pandemic. Why would you really want to do that? Because you have a compliant population that's willing to do all the things that they're willing to do to make sure they get to this theme park on opening day. I think that they will get there and they'll be able to to have their theme park. Oh, it'll be visited. It'll be visited. That's for sure. I think it's a little bit crazy to open something like this during a pandemic. So I've got a, a little text message crew called the Battle Royale, and we all play a little bit of Mario Kart together on Switch. And so, you know, I sent the uh, the Battle Royale crew the story about the Super Nintendo World, and it seems like as long as all of us can get some vaccine, we're trying to get over to Japan next year to go to Super Nintendo World. Oh, my gosh. Well, make sure you go to the video game district as well, uh, because that is one of the best places to go for video game fans anywhere in the world. Are you trying to go with me? We, we could make this a, a pop wife culture would, cosmos trip. My wife would kill me. Uh, only if I'm <laughs> only if I'm getting paid for it and trans. How about that? Hey, Nintendo, get at us. You know we're we're trying to get over there and review Super Nintendo World. Let's I'll get it. some extra mass and a face shield for you. See, <laughs> if I'm willing to go there with extra PPE, you know what? I think a lot of other people in Japan are going to excited to go there as well. So maybe I answered my own question. A lot of people love Nintendo. It's ingrained so much into the culture of Japan. And deservedly so, because Nintendo's been an outstanding company over the years. And their love for Nintendo is going to be put to the test when Super Nintendo World comes out in February. What are your thoughts out there on Super Nintendo World opening up in the middle of a pandemic in February 2021? Yes, I do know that some vaccines will already been distributed, but it won't be to the extent of to take care of an entire no. country. No, no. So what are your thoughts on this Super Nintendo World? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com.
Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. I cannot thank you enough for joining me. And everybody who is watching on today's program, cannot thank you enough for all the great comments. And in fact, all the things that were said so kind to us at Indie Pods United. Again, to everyone, Tina, Robert, Jeff, Sean, everyone who is there behind the scenes at Indie Pods United that made it such a great success. My biggest shout out to you and continued success to everyone there, Nigel, Cami, the whole nine yards, just, just to everybody that works, works so hard and diligently on it. My biggest props to you. But my friend, any last thoughts on the way I do, out? I do have a last thought, and it's directed at you, actually. I do want to say thank you for all your hard work with the Indie Pods United. Yeah, you ran the awards show tonight, didn't you? For better or yeah. for worse, I guess they could say. Yeah, you did. And I think you had three panels that you partook in this past week. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. Gerald, you're working really hard right now. And I do have to say thank you very much for everything you do for us on this show, as well as for Indie Podcast United. It's a thankless job and, and you're just killing it right now. I'm just trying my best, my friend. Independent podcasting needs to be supported and appreciated. I hope you do that out there because we're all the little guys when it comes to independent podcasting. And we want to become the big fish. That's our goal, is to become one of the sharks in the now congested waters of podcasting. So I want to become like Jaws and just start eating little minnows. Up. Eat them out right there. I would love to become a big fish, but it all starts with you. If you support us out there and you support independent podcasting, you can make all of our dreams come true. So from Marcus De La Garza, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. Howdy! Listen up. I am talking. Now, the question of the hour is, who's got a Doctor Who podcast? Answer. We do. Next question. Who's listening to it? Answer. You are. If you're sitting up there in your silly little spaceship and you've got any plans to listen to a Doctor Who podcast, just remember who's standing in your way. And then, do the smart thing. Listen to Earth Station Who right here on the ESO You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.